Listening to the Stormcrowcast, I'm Taylor, and here we have... I'm Bray. Today we will be recording with the lovely people who bring the Adventure EXE podcast to life, or to your ears. We're not recording directly from the Stormcrow Alliance, but we are. they are nice enough to host us in their studio space, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nicer than our air quote studio. Yeah, so. it's, it's a lot. It's quieter. It's a little bit nicer and quieter in here, and they're very, very professional. Yeah. We're going to learn some things today about podcasting. Yeah, we'll be real people soon enough. <laughs> yeah. So uh, today we have, and we'll go around in a circle, start with you guys, and then do it that way. All right. Uh, I am Matt Clausen, and I am the Dungeon Master on Adventure EXE. I'm Sarah. I'm the host, and I play Paula Undergun. My name's Jeremy Green, and I play Blorpo the Human Barbarian. My name's Carmen, and I play Iados the Tiefling Rogue. Yeah, thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, I'm really stoked about this. Yeah, we've ne- I've never had this many people over, I think. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the max. Like six people in this apartment is mm. pretty. Yeah, you yeah. said studio space, but it's very loose. This is our messy ass junior one bedroom apartment. Yeah. <laughs> that we all live in. I'm trying to give the <laughs> illusion of this is like yeah, super fancy. It's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's radio. They can imagine if they want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Adventure EXE is an actual play fifth edition, um, kind of like comedy improv storytelling podcast where we play D&D. And uh, we're nine months uh, old now, so. Oh, it's like you're, yeah. you've given birth to a exactly. podcast. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Was <laughs> <laughs> <Is> there anything? <laughs> no. Matt's the DM, so he really like has a story. I just, my mind just totally went blank. You don't know, know what the podcast is? No. <laughs> I mean, you covered it already, didn't you? Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We um, started nine months ago in a hot August day, and we've been releasing weekly ever since. Nice. What um like what prompted you to get the, the podcast up off the ground? Um, I love podcasts and I love comedy. And so I was really obsessed with this one podcast that I loved. And I was like, I could do that. Like, that's my sense of humor. And I want to get people together and have so that kind of Which fun. one was it? It was the Grandma's Virginity podcast, which is uh, amazing if you haven't heard it. It's um, uh, Jackie Buscarino, Justin Roiland, and Ryan Ridley, who both do um, Rick and Morty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is before the show came around. And Jackie Buscarino is a comedy um, writer and a producer, like cartoon stuff. And it's just so funny. It, it was like amazing. I was like, they're doing it out of their you know, garage. And so I was really inspired by that. And I wanted to do my own podcast. Yeah. Starting up a podcast is an interesting thing because, um, you know, you, you can hear there's so many different types of podcasts out there, especially in Vancouver. So you kind of have to figure out what your, would be the inspiration for that. And then you're like, OK, now do I, how do the fu- fuck do I do this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I was, I was going to say, like, what is, um, Grandma's Virginity? Yeah, that's what it's called. Tell okay. us more. Oh, good. Well, is, is, is that a Dungeons & Dragons podcast? No, it's not. It's, <laughs> just, it's just, like, okay. comedy. And they do a lot of improv stuff. Like, they do situations. They have, like, different guests on. But um, we actually, Matt and I wrote down a lot of possible ideas for podcasts before we settled on this one. Uh, to start with, we actually were thinking of doing something that was, like, more tangentially related to D&D, but not actually just, like, playing D&D. And then we realized... 
sort of the best like it's just going to be the funniest and the best is just us playing D&D together and recording that instead and I think it worked out well and it's funny because originally we actually recorded with me Matt and Jeremy that was the first episode mm-hmm. and it was us trying to make an idea for like ca- campaign and that was gonna be the whole show like we're gonna make up a story and then we're like this isn't really what we want to do like it wasn't very funny and it wasn't very exciting so we brought Carmen on he really was the golden straw I stuck just, in our milkshake. <laughs> I just came on and started talking and making obscure music and political references, and then here we are. And then, yeah. and then there was magic. Yep. So um, I have a question about like what drew you to fifth edition versus any of the other editions of uh, Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons, or like you could you know there's Pathfinder. There's lots of other role playing games. Um, fifth edition was kind of special to us because we met uh, Jeremy and Carmen both kind of through fifth edition when it, when it came out, um, we like had a pre-order. Yeah, exactly. We pre-ordered it from strategies and Mm -hmm. started playing there. And that's where we met Jeremy. That's where we met Carmen. And, uh, it was all just through playing fifth edition together. So it just made sense for us to use that for the podcast. Yeah. And for me, it was, I played Dungeons and Dragons my whole life, but first and second edition and we got into 3.5 later and then world of Warcraft took over my life. And uh, I was kind of having a renaissance, I guess, of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. So that's why I was looking into fourth. I bought a whole bunch of books from Carmen, ended up resenting him for it because I didn't like that version. But um, it's all your fault, yeah. Carmen. No, 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 no. Yeah. Car- <laughs> Carmen was just like, "Yeah, here you go, man. Yeah. Sure, hey, buy hey, Jerry, all sales final, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> buy it. he's like, buy it if you want, I guess. <laughs> and uh, and then I couldn't wait for fifth to come out, and uh, yeah, so. Fifth has a very, um, it's like I'm mining like the good resources of my childhood, but like in this new version, like fifth edition. So it's been pretty magical. Yeah, I've played every edition of D&D and, um, and all and like various spinoffs and stuff. And I just liked how fifth kind of tried, tried to merge all the best qualities of a lot of um, the various editions and really did a good job of it and really kind of put the emphasis um really put the emphasis more on the story rather than the game the rules are simpler um Mm -hmm. there's less math in it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it's good i've heard that like fifth edition is definitely one of those things that um when you're like if you're new to dungeons dragons role playing games more of like an accessible version Mm -hmm. of dungeons and dragons rather than like delving into some of the older editions where you have like 32 books and there you go Mm -hmm. like 18 monster manuals and yeah 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 so it's a great uh sort of beginners and probably a great jumping off point for like a podcast as well since it is so much more accessible mm-hmm. yeah yeah when yeah. you don't need a grid to play fifth which is yeah. kind of good for a podcast yeah. yeah yeah i was gonna say i was like i was wondering if this was if you had like miniatures and everything when you were uh, up here but it just seems like you, you guys are uh you know drawing maps by hand and stuff rather than having everything planned out yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll, sorry only till recently have we actually even drawn a map it's yeah. been theater of the mind but because uh, currently where the character's at, w- you know, we've need to take notes and draw a map, which is like classic D&D, but um, yeah, mainly theater of the mind. Maybe if you guys want to introduce uh, your characters now. Sure. Yeah. Um, I play Paula Undergun. She's a half-elf sorcerer slash bard. Um, she's, well, originally she was 650 pounds, <laughs> and now she's uh, 585 because they've been doing a lot of walking. It's mm-hmm. been a couple months in. She is uh, having a midlife crisis, so she decided, she kind of did like an eat, pray, love thing. She wanted to go explore the world, you know, eat new food, indulge in new uh, exotic men. (laughs) And and yetis. And yetis. Yeah, absolutely. That's her goal right now. But um, yeah, she's a strong-willed, self-confident, 
uh, aggressive woman. <laughs> <laughs> Very. Uh, me? Uh, I, so I play Blorpo, the human barbarian. And he's uh, kind of coming of age. He's um, very physically fit, very physically strong. He's like he's, 18 years old? He's like 18 years old. <laughs> so he's kind of at the peak of his life. And um, he's all about conquest and domination and just kicking ass and killing things. And uh, basically, yeah, conquering and uh, but th- he has a sensitive side that which uh has been fun to explore um what about war crimes yeah. there, Jeremy? <laughs> uh, where, where like do war every, crimes enter into this? Sensitive, <laughs> sensitive soul with war crimes yeah everybody like so yeah so he he grew up on the side of the ice blossom mountains which is a very difficult place to grow up is very harsh um you know, he's had to make decisions in his life, uh, like eat a fallen friend who froze so that he could survive. He did that whole, you know. R.I.P. Phil. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Phil. He had to dine on Phil. Uh, But he made it, you know, and he's kind of got that kind of harshness to him, but he's kind of uh, changing. I think he's actually quite dynamic and uh, he's a lot of fun to play. Now, don't you think that the thing that makes life so hard on those mountains is the marauding bands of barbarians? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we, you know, we've covered that in one of the episodes. There's like another band of um, barbarians, uh, you know, the next tribe over, and they're always constantly fighting. So it's always this kind of thing, <laughs> oh being at war. Blurbo really thinks he's innocent, doesn't he? Like he has no remorse. No, he. I mean, he doesn't have any kind of. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to explain. This is like an intervention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't have any. He doesn't have any issue with splitting someone's skull. No, Sarah, he doesn't. But um, <laughs> but yeah, he's the best. Yados has kind of been a. He's he's along for the ride, and kind of everything he does in life, he's just kind of along for the ride. And for the most part, stuff has gone south on him. He was uh, he was on a ship. The ship uh, mutinied against him, and he found himself just on the wrong side and marooned on an island. Uh, now he's with these uh, this band of merry miscreants, um, one of whom is a cannibal barbarian, the other is a um, psychotic uh, <laughs> <laughs> psychotic sorceress. Yeah, and um, so even even though he's he's only like he's not very old, he's he's got a little bit of a nihilistic and jaded streak to him. Mm-hmm. And kind of a lot of things he'll just shrug his shoulders at. He's also not very loyal to us. He's no. run away many times. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, like I said, <laughs> he's and, along for the ride. And Matt, as a DM, um, maybe you want to talk about like some of these NPCs that you play and like, what they're sort of about too. Yeah, sure. So I play all the other characters. Yeah. Um, most <laughs> most famously, there's a was it Meeve and Marv and uh, Carmi. Yes, those are the sort of the the most uh, recurring uh, NPCs. So Meeve is a, a sort of a rogue with unknown loyalties who's tagged along with the party for a while, but she's gone off to do something mysterious. And at some point in the future, you guys may find out what. Um, Carmi is like a. a a young gnome who's she's really um, excited to explore the world, but she got thrown into it kind of against her will, and now she's finding her footing in this very dangerous place with the rest of the party. And Marv is a really big, stupid dog who loves eating uh, this magical fruit called Blorpo fruit. Well, it's been named Blorpo fruit by Blorpo. Uh, Which is just fun to say. Sometimes yeah, I actually is. walk around yeah. my apartment and we're it's like, great. Blorpo. 
<laughs> he's really stamped his trademark on it, which is great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Blorpo fruit is um, the this magical fruit of a tree, and uh, the tree itself is quite evil, but the fruit is very delicious and healing and good. One thing about the blubber fruit is originally called Dream Fruit because the god's name is the Dream. Yeah, but we didn't know that at the time. <laughs> but at one point, Blorpo got rid of he, he got rid of what he deemed the Dream Fruit and yeah. kept the Blorpo fruit, even though it's exactly the same, yeah. <laughs> just for some bizarre thing. That was his own like kind of reasoning. Yeah, and then there's there's been lots of other characters, NPCs, as you know, D and D campaigns tend to have. So there'll be more in the future. Uh, recently, there was uh, Iggy, the little. Gazers, mm. mini beholder type mini beholder, creature. Yep. Yep. Uh, he met an unfortunate end, but he was pretty entertaining to play as yes. while, while he was around. <laughs> yes. And um, there, there's Donkey the Merchant. I love yeah. Donkey the Merchant. <laughs> Donkey yeah. the Merchant. <laughs> yeah. Or the, uh, that old monk who's just uh, railing yeah. <laughs> you guys up in the monastery. Yeah. That, was, yeah. that was one of my favorites. Just old grizzled monk just giving everybody a hard time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. A question about your characters, like as so obviously there's a bit of you in the characters you play. So what would be um, like maybe go around just like really quickly, like what do you think how you relate to your character? Like what what's the most you thing that you've put into your character? That's a really good question. Um, Paula, I guess like she just gets outraged by like everything in a kind of way where she's like, how, why are you doing it like that? You know yeah. what I mean? Like when you see someone doing something, you're just like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> why can't people just use common sense? I, that's kind of the anger of Paula. I really can relate to because a lot of times our schemes are insane and they're not logical. They super and, are. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what? Like, why are we doing this? We're going to die. It's like, it's almost like Paula. I imagine her being like the only sane one in like a horror movie. You know what I mean? Where it's like, why are you going up those stairs? Like, why? What the shit? Like, just that kind of um, anger. <laughs> that's that's how I relate to Paul. I think. Oh, me, uh, murderous cannibal, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've definitely got that like that air yeah. about you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Blorpo. I think the thing that I identify with him is that he means well. He's got a good heart. Maybe. Yeah. He's done some things that. Are questionable, but uh, you know his, his intention is in the right place. He's some sort of weird manifestation of your id, or something. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a, he's an opportunity for me to you know play like someone more, um, you know, strong or domineering or narcissistic or whatever you want to call it. And uh, but also at the same time, it's like I care like a lot about my friends, and that comes through how, how like he protects people in the party and stuff like that. So. I'd relate to that. Yeah, for sure. Iados' complete lack of any plan um, and just the, like, the solution to everything is just a simple shrug of the shoulders is definitely ripped directly from my life. And um, yeah, pretty much except for the accent and the horns and the tail. I, and, you know, any skill at arms. Uh, Iados is, is very, very Carmen-like. I like that. Sweet. Um, I have a question that's like kind of like the inverse of that. So obviously you guys have been like doing this podcast for nine months that's mm -hmm. a long time to be like living yeah. with these characters so we've talked about how you've put yourself in your characters do you ever find that you've got some of your characters bleeding through into you know the opposite direction into your that's lives that's a good question um i i find myself doing paul's voice more than i used to <laughs> like before i mean i kind of invented it like the first episode mm -hmm. it's kind of like a, a real southern draw she's kind of like paula dean that's what i imagine <laughs> she's like i don't know but um 
That's hmm. What do you guys? Why don't you answer this? Why I think about this? <laughs> do you have anything, Jeremy? Uh, sorry, I'm trying to like. Have you become a kleptomaniac? <laughs> yeah, have I been stealing yeah. things or like you know? Um, hmm. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think, like I said, I've 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 put some of me into Yados and like Yados is kind of. I, I've I've played rogues most. It's my favorite class, and I always kind of play like if you talk to like my my hardcore weekly gamer friends, like they'll they'll all say that I play pretty much the same character, and that is Yados in one form or another. So, yeah, I bet you there is some some bleed uh, in between, and you know it's like it's 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 a it's a fantasy. So you yeah. know maybe there's a part of me that wants to be a little bit like Yados. Yeah, yeah, maybe Blorpo's dumbness <laughs> has <led into laughs> my life um, you're dumber for having played, yeah. played blorpo hmm. yeah uh yeah or maybe his maybe his confidence too like he he seems to have like no problem like negotiating life like he just like derives through it it's true and so i you know it's kind of neat to play a character maybe that's actually um maybe that's actually what's behind it all is like just to play this very simple person who has a lot of strength and can carry the weight of everything on his back and just like slash through everything yeah, and just be like, <laughs> you know, and flexing at the end of the day, like, all right, you know, so I think and, that's it. And I just shift through a grab bag of personalities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt's got multiple personality disorder. So yeah. all of them really bleed into his life. Actually, I have a good question for you, Matt, um, specifically, uh, since you kind of got left out of that, uh, character sort of uh, development in terms of being a DM for like a project like this what, mm-hmm. what are the challenges that you maybe find being a DM and keeping the story interesting for the listeners versus like when you are trying to you know when you're just playing a campaign on your own you know is there a lot more preparation that's involved and like or yeah know, yeah th- that's a balance that's been I've been sort of working on over time uh, it's like uh, hopefully I'm getting better as it goes but yeah it it's it's different. I've learned that it's a lot different than running just a sort of a off-air campaign in that sometimes um, you need to keep things like fighting shorter on a podcast or at least on our show where that's not really like the focus necessarily. No. Uh, we find that the character interactions are a lot more fun mm-hmm. and funny for people to listen to. So I kind of have to plan around keeping shorter fights when possible and, and trying to really uh increase like things like character interaction and, and try and try and plan the campaign in a more visual way or an imaginative way than than uh, a normal D campaign would necessarily have to be so it, that's uh it's a it's a bit of a learning curve to like adjust from one style of dming to that but uh yeah it's it's been good um there's lots of preparation that goes into being a dm whether you're oh yeah whether you're on a podcast or not but there's probably more uh sort of improv and changing on the fly than i think most people who haven't dm'd realize so that's that's a big part of it as well yeah i think that's actually one of matt's gifts as a dm to be able to run a campaign but also be able to juggle us as players and do it on a podcast it's pretty it's pretty impressive yeah because we ask so many questions i ask so many questions (laughs) like always and matt always like he just knows he answers instantly and I wouldn't be able to tell you how much he's planned and how much he's just making up on the fly because it's, it's so hard to tell. <laughs> so it's very impressive. Yeah, he's really good at presenting a challenge for us and then also indulging some of our crazy whims. Mm-hmm. Like whether one of us needs 
a hovering wheelchair mm-hmm. or a vorpal. Let's face it, it's, it's all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you have, like a cold iron axe well, now or something? Yeah, but I didn't. Through a time, some sort of time trickery? Uh, yeah. Don't forget my gargoyle dildo. And I gargoyle that, dildo. It, it starts moving whenever I get agitated. I think it's all <laughs> Wait, 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 it's ba- what? It's basically yeah, all there. How did I miss this? I did. This, uh, okay, this is from Chill Palace. There was a gargoyle oh, whenever someone yes. was in chill. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. They, beca- it, they came to life. And so I got, Matt granted me, my character Paula, right. a uh, a toy, a sex toy based on that. You guys can, I don't know if I can keep this in. But it's, you know, it's important. Please keep this in. This is an important yeah. part of the lore, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we're definitely going to keep that. It's canon for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, whenever someone uses it and they get agitated, it starts moving. Yeah. So that's some magic from D&D world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but Matt will also not give us, well, despite that example, uh, Matt will also not give us like everything. He'll keep things like, you know, he's, he's tough but fair. Yeah, I yeah. try to be. Yeah. Makes, <laughs> yeah. It makes a story interesting. Mm-hmm. Has the party ever like taken just like a complete... 180 from where you wanted to take the campaign i mean with these guys like all the time um but i yeah i've I've tried to plan things in a wide sense so that like any one path will not disrupt my plans kind Mm. of idea it's yeah it's a fine balance when you've got a crazy bunch like these guys but it it's worked out well so far i think no one's gone so completely off the rails that it's that it's ruined everything yeah they kind of get what we're trying to do. What to do. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're not like working against me. So mm. <laughs> has that, there, would, that would be hard. Has there anybody like been at one point where you were like absolutely sure that you had like a great foe for these guys and they were definitely going to die? Because I mean, that's kind of some some people's goals as DMs to make things like as difficult as possible or like really try. And did you like at any point you were like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's been some definitely some moments where it was looking like it was on the verge of a TPK. Like there's been a few times where mm-hmm. and and like they they play characters who are not like power gamed. They're not like the most optimal characters. So like mm-hmm. sometimes like fights can be really tough for them, but because they play their characters so well, but it's through like sheer luck. Like when when there's the moments in the podcast where like it comes down to a natural twenty being rolled to save yes to save the whole group that's yeah. like we didn't like cheat that that actually happened there was like, two in that fight like we've never we've yeah. never cheated anything like it's all just happened and uh, it's just been like sheer luck that these guys are all still alive <laughs> I'd say. Yeah, we once got to the point where it's like two of us were unconscious. Yeah. No, you guys were unconscious. I no. was alive, and I this is at the fight at the the crossroads. Oh, yeah. oh, with the monks. Yeah, and I yeah. came back alive. I like rolled a twenty just to got, get up at one hit point, and I was like the only one left. It's like crazy when things like that happen because you're like, I mean, I'm sure Mac could come up with something. You know, we all get captured or we wake up, you know, in chains. But my God, like we haven't lost our characters yet, and I don't know what we're gonna do. We the, the, <laughs> there's gonna be an outrage on like yeah. Facebook. Yeah. I, I, have, I have ideas for more characters, yeah. but I think Jeremy is going to break into... No, no, no. Florpo is your there, soulmate. Yeah, he's my soulmate. There would be a huge vacuum in the podcast if he was gone, but I would have to... What's like, Florpo, his cousin? Yeah. Whoever, <laughs> I think whoever I created would just not measure do, up, obviously. but Just do like a beer fest. It's like, I'm the Florpo's twin. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually done that in uh, just like campaigns that I've played, and it's never as good because you're just like, oh, the original guy's dead. And... um. Yeah, but I was going to say the spider fight, that was the, mo- I think that was the one that, uh, where the two of you were down, you both rolled natural 20s and both got up and I was bound by spider webs and I was like, we're done for. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, there's no getting out, of, getting out of that one. If mm-hmm. you- <laughs> no. 
How many, like, how long do you spend in a week to get prepped for the next episode before you record it? That's a good question. It varies based on how much time I have and everything else. But I try and put probably as much time into planning as we spend recording. So maybe before we record a four-hour session, I'll try and spend like three hours or more or less um, planning. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it varies, but um, I don't have like... I work full time, so I don't have like all the time in the world to uh, plan. But I, I, I definitely spend hours um, planning. Oh wait, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do that too. <laughs> oh, it's just on my face. <laughs> I just say, y'all know me. <laughs> you know what I'm where I make my living. <laughs> yeah. How? You know what that reference is from? It's Jaws. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> You've said it like a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say something? These two haven't seen Jaws. Yeah. I haven't seen Jaws. Yeah. These it, three. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, I don't yeah. know the last time I did see it. Are you guys it. all fucking just... <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you been living under rocks your whole maybe life? maybe when I was like five or six. It's the first summer blockbuster of all time. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. I guess we'll all have to just it's a, it's have a, great a Jaws film. viewing night. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Please do. It's a great film. Uh-huh. As long as you're not be like, oh, 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 this scene, watch it right. Yeah. I'm watching it. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, we watch it. Jeremy will watch us watching it. Be like, why aren't you reacting yeah. stronger? <laughs> yeah, it, it's something, yeah, you can't talk during it. You have to just uh, absorb it. it. C- cinematic <laughs> I wa- drama. I watch every movie, Matt knows. Yeah, what's going on? Why is he doing that? No, I don't ask. I don't say that. <laughs> but it's true. She, she Basically, watching movies with Sarah is like watching a movie with a commentary track. Yeah. <laughs> or like, well, I, I heckle it. it. I heckle the movie. I'm oh. like, come on. Yeah. Okay. Come, but like to be fair, that's that's a lot of fun. And, and some of these older movies, that's like yeah. that's how do you get through them? I watch a lot of bad movies, and I love them very much. Oh, me too. Not at the movie theater, though. I will say she doesn't talk to the theater. I think. Oh no, that's rude. I would never. Yeah. I would never. I would never. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Pretend you're Eminem from Eight Mile. Yeah. 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 You only got one shot. One <laughs> <laughs> opportunity. My, I don't know. My palms are sweaty. Knees weak. <laughs> Arms are heavy. <laughs> no, that's not how it goes. <laughs> Close enough. Spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. So on the podcast, Jeremy, you do a lot of these illustrations. Do you help? Uh, do you think like doing the illustrations for the characters in some of these scenes, do you think it helps bring them to life for not only for you guys, but also for your fans? Um, I would answer yes. Um, that's the challenge is uh, just bringing something into like... Um, physicality but like even if it is in two dimensions it's something i really enjoy about uh drawing is thinking about you know what maybe the winter clothing like yados is wearing uh when we're tracking down the eddy or, or just you know what the hover chair would look like or what does marv look like um yeah i think it definitely helps people visualize for me personally i think it's always more interesting like your imagination is always way way more than when you physically define something because then you just limit it to what it is that's fair yeah. you know you could say oh like yeah nice sailboat you know but when you're describing it you know you can imagine anything it could be huge it could be small it could have holes in it whatever so does that answer the question yeah yeah no <laughs> it's a, yeah there's definitely an imaginative aspect that is that in a podcast like this rather than sitting in front of like a watching somebody on video like it allows for at least people to sort of interact with it in that way like yeah. you, you know almost in the same way you're reading a book you're creating the the world that these people are that you guys are talking about yeah i mean i i find that as well because i do listen to your your podcast and like you know 
visualizing these situations like the battle of the spider queen and, mm-hmm. and things like that if we were sitting around in, in a room watching you guys play i don't know how yep. interesting that would really be mm-hmm. um i mean there are definitely shows that do do that and they do it successfully but i think yeah definitely the imaginative aspect though I do love your illustrations and it does help like seeing there's an illustration of Marv, they get the dog and uh, he's like a big, huge shaggy sheep dog. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of, ha- yeah, it's kind of how I imagined him. So it was yeah. nice to see it like fleshed in a real life. Like, Hey, we're all on mm-hmm. the same page here. Yeah. 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 That's one of the reasons we were kind of, um, I mean, I'm kind of hesitant about doing a live show because there's such a power of like just hearing people's voices mm-hmm. and cause none of us look like our characters. No, no. Like the closest, maybe Carmen, if you had a big tail. I would never <laughs> choose Yados's fashion sense. Yeah, yeah. what um, looks, black velvet? Yeah, well, like uh, he purposely looks like a black scumbag. Velvet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, Jeremy's illustrations actually, like I probably went over just the most basic of description of Yados, and Jeremy's illustrations of him is actually now what I imagine him to look like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it didn't look like what I originally envisioned, but, like, it's it's better. Yeah, and that's actually a question I was just going to ask. Did any of the illustrations I did of any of the characters look like what you guys imagined in your mind? Yeah, more or less. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Well, then there you go. I, 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 it's sort of, like, akin to when you're reading a, a novel, I, I would say, and you're imagining these characters, and then they come out and cast a movie, mm-hmm. and then that character... Like whoever was playing Alan Rickman, Snape, or you yeah. know, we have um, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Tony Stark. That character kind of becomes like the how you visualize and the, the voice that you use. So yeah, I mean, definitely seeing it, um, you it, it does help. Like uh, the, it was pretty close, I would say, to what I had imagined. But um, yeah, seeing it fleshed out, it definitely has that more of a. It just kind of like solidifies everything. Yeah. 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 I get it. That's yeah. cool. Um, so the next question, so I, I came up with questions sort of like leading everybody cause I know what you guys do. That's great. Um, yeah. so Carmen, like people, especially us on, and I know you have a little bit of an expertise in this and I get everybody's opinion, but like, um, we are frequently on the storm crow. People are constantly asking us how to get involved in role playing games and, um, we have to send them to strategies and stuff like that. But what do you think would be like the best way if people are inspired by the podcast to start getting into doing something like this themselves? Yeah. I get this question all the time at work and um, yeah, and it's, it's really just um, my, the advice I have is just jump into it. Like as, as kind of basic and silly as that sounds, um, that's kind of what I did and that's kind of what everyone I know and like play with has kind of done. Mm. Um, you, it's, it can be super intimidating because you're picking up these like 300 page books that are mostly words and it's like the, the game doesn't really have like pieces and 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 starting and end points Mm -hmm. so you really just have to jump in and the beauty about role-playing games especially is that it is what you want it to be um i've played games uh that were super serious um i play games like you know adventure exe i love because it's i get to be totally goofy and um ham it up and you can you can really create um any kind of game you want from it games where there's no fighting games where it's mostly fighting and I found you just really get people together who can really meet your schedule. And sometimes the people have to be the catalyst for game groups. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't always sit around and wait for, you know, oh, I really wish someone would game master this game for me. You, you might have to be that person. Mm-hmm. And I've had to be that person. Yeah. 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 And it can be intimidating, but like you just, you know, you gather your people around you who are, you know, cool and, and, 
uh, uh, sympathetic to how intimidating it can be, and you just get together and have fun. Um, I've been playing, I play every week with uh, a group of people that I've met through work. Um, we've been playing together probably for over a decade now. Wow. And um, at this point, we like get together on Monday night and we like drink beer and we eat snacks. And it's really kind of just a way for us to hang out and as gamers. So yeah, just just jump in. Lately, there seems to be a resurgence and in an interest in like role-playing games, especially board mm-hmm. games and stuff like that. Do you th- what do you think that sort of like, you know, was a catalyst for something like that? Do you have you noticed more people coming in and being interested, especially like since there are podcasts like this? Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm willing to be proven wrong on this theory, but I have a theory that just the the more technology and especially video games becomes like ubiquitous in our lives and becomes the thing. Um, things like tabletop gaming and non-electronic gaming become these fun things to do to get mm-hmm. together with people. I'm not one of those. Um, I actually get. Yeah, I'm not one of those people who who doesn't like technology or like thinks video games are antisocial. Um, but there is something nice about you know sitting down with a group of people that you can like interact with right there at the table and play like a um, play like a tabletop game. And they do tend to be a little bit more open ended. You can modify them easier. You don't have to have like I'm not technical inclined whatsoever so like modding a video game for me might as well be creating my own video game like you know with a pencil but like with a role-playing game or board game i can modify things i can change things if i want and it's i can be a bit more creative and i I gotta say too like um for anybody like i have like social anxiety and doing role-playing games is so liberating because you don't have to be yourself like you're not just sitting in a bar being like what do i talk about what do i like am i supposed to be here like what do you know i mean like all of the questions is like a very structured scenario where people get together and you're like we're playing a game you're this person here's your roles and you get to play and i usually play characters that are like way bigger than life or Mm -hmm. like very (laughs) kind of like brash and stuff so i think that's an a kind of very appealing prospect too you don't you know what i mean you kind of get it's sort of like escapism but in a very Mm -hmm. like you know constructive yeah yeah, therapeutic way it's interesting i actually just posted that uh, article on my facebook page about how Dungeons and Dragons is being used with younger people in therapy because they can act out um, things with their character that they wouldn't feel comfortable saying in real life, like, yeah. like you know, establishing boundaries and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's one of the amazing things about role playing is it's just basically it's so open ended and you can you can do things in the game that maybe you don't feel comfortable doing in in life yeah like and taking charge even yeah like, taking yeah, charge or asserting yourself or like you know these things that people you know these are struggles that everybody has and you can as this format you can use this as like a place to experiment and try out things and you know develop skills that you can use in real life yeah so it's it's really amazing i was going to say that like uh what, what we were talking about initially like the social anxiety aspect of it I also suffer from social anxiety and a lot of people who come into the Stormcrow are very similar, which is kind of why we have the board games and uh, we encourage role playing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, cause it does help you open up and get to know people and, but it also gives you an excuse at the same time to not necessarily be yourself or mm-hmm. like focus on something different yeah. than being enforced in into a social situation. It becomes the centerpiece and then it's easier to just kind of like work on those skills. Like, cause yeah. you're there playing the game. It's you know not your like role, you know what you're doing. Yeah. You're <laughs> not approaching someone and saying, hi, my name's, you know, yeah. do you want to be my friend kind of thing? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes, I mean like that makes a lot of sense to me. Cause I know like whenever I'm playing 
like actually like RPGs like Skyrim or something like that there's always an element of wish fulfillment in, yeah. the, mm. in the characters that I make up and it seems in like in tabletop gaming and, and D&D in particular because it's it completely improv and it's so open-ended that you're not just like limited to what the programmers have made in the um in the in the game mm-hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely true it's actually I just DM my first game a couple weeks ago mm. and I was amazed just like I was like, what do I make it about? And Matt, Matt was like helping me create it because he's done, you know, been DM for like three or four years. And he's like, you can do about anything, like literally anything. And I was like, holy shit. Like the idea of like when you do a computer game or, or like, you know, any sort of like programming stuff there, it's like, you know what I mean? Like the bigger the world is, the more open it is, the less kind of like story, you know what I mean? Like the less story and kind of crisscrossing uh, paths you can take just because it's such a giant thing. But this is like tailored made to the players. It's I, like if there was a video game like this, like D&D, it would be amazing. <laughs> but like just just like the human brain being able to do all those things. And I ended up setting mine in Disneyland. That was <laughs> it. It was like all of these like D&D themed things and all the mascots were like undead people that had died on the rides that were being brought back to life. And so just like you can set it anywhere you want. You can do anything you want. It can be stupid. It can be fun. Just like Carmen was saying. Yeah. It's like it's really, really crazy just how your imagination is basically the limit Mm -hmm. yeah especially in a world where like nowadays you're not always necessarily engaging with your imagination it does give you and people who aren't necessarily uh creative generally they gives them an opportunity to be creative um you know people who aren't necessarily as artistic or something like this they they find that at least they can like stimulate and create in this realm as well which can be very fulfilling i know um jamming a game i'm not the type of person who's like good at crafting worlds and stuff so it definitely was a challenge but it was a nice challenge to have to you know build that around with the players and they definitely like contributed and it was lovely but it's definitely some of the one of those things that gives you a little bit like it's definitely you're challenging yourself but in a safe environment with friends Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's like this perfect bundle of all of these creative outlets across like a, a whole broad spectrum of like disciplines and and interests and stuff like that so yeah it's so true and all four of us too from the on podcast comes from such different backgrounds like matt and i come from film but he's like doing programming i'm doing like basically writing and media stuff matt or um jeremy comes from like an art background carmen comes from like theater creative writing things like that and so it's very interesting how all those things are like perfect you know like those are all skills you can use you can pretty much be anybody and enjoy dnd i think as long as you like you know have an imagination, which yeah. everyone yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's actually a, a good jumping off point for my next question. Like, do you guys feel that D and D is becoming a little more like, like it's coming out of the the dark nerdy closet and like it's be more accessible to like the mainstream, for lack of a better term? Uh, yeah, I would say it's definitely become more. It's definitely become more of a, a mainstream thing. Like, you'll you, there's a lot more representation of D and D in popular culture these days. Mm-hmm. Like the what was it? Stranger Things that TV mm-hmm. show on yeah. Netflix yeah. was super popular, and it was kind of like the catalyst for the whole show was this these kids playing this game of D and D, right? It's so it's it's really something that's entered the mainstream consciousness game of thrones is like the number one tv show and it's a like a high fantasy show right so Mm. it just shows how different people's sensibilities are now than they were 20 years ago or something like that it's not it's not weird to love fantasy anymore and and role-playing games and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i also have to like i think a lot of people are kind of like oh well like there's a i don't like the whole there's a whole like gatekeeping aspect of nerdism it's like are you a real nerd are you a real video game player are you really i feel like if you enjoy playing games you can like that's enough you know what i mean like there's Mm -hmm. no like bar 
Yeah. I, I think that there's like, if you've been playing D and D like Jeremy for like, since you're a kid mm-hmm. or like me for three or four years, like we, we're both, you know, on this level playing field, we're both enjoying it just the same. So I think it's really for anybody. Yeah. I hate that gatekeeping stuff as, as someone who kind of is at the forefront of selling the hobby, both literally and like, you know, personally, literally and personally. Yep. Yeah. There's your dichotomy there. Um, <laughs> That yeah, it's I I think that the the more gaming gets accepted and the more uh, people that accept gaming and, and come into it, the it can only benefit it, mm-hmm. and it's only going to make uh, gaming like better, stronger, healthier, um, and frankly more interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's I'm I'm reading through a, a history of the role playing industry, and there's a series of four books called Designers and Dragons. The all all the sort of D and D clones that came out in the early days, um, they're all kind of you know in, ingenious in their own way, but a lot of them could be you know were D and D clones, and so now we have um, a whole new wave of indie role playing games that are getting published, like all the Apocalypse World games and spinoffs like Dungeon World. Um, I'm forgetting a bunch now, but we have Fiasco and and things like that. And they're all like really interesting and, and unique and awesome. I was going to say earlier that um, I personally, I started playing about 10 years ago. And even the change, maybe it's just now that the circles I'm running in are, but like, yeah, it's definitely becoming a more mainstream thing. It, you can see the change in the, in the last few years where it's gone from like, I remember being that person in somebody's basement. And, and then, you, you know, what are you, what are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm uh, mm-hmm. playing... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and then sorry, pardon. Uh, I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons with my friends. Oh, oh, and now you know I'm going. Me and Bray are actually we're involved in a game with the Stormcrow Ale House, and we're going tonight. And that just seems very normal and very socially acceptable. Yeah. Nobody is going. Oh, were you playing Dungeons and Dragons? What are you, some sort of nerd? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know yeah. where I work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen me? That's true. Yeah. I think that might also be like part of it too, like just like the general like identity label of being like a nerd or a geek or whatever is a lot more like. It is mainstream. Yeah, now. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not like an insult anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it's one of the power of the games is the inclusivity of it. I think originally you had people who are kind of like maybe socially awkward, and they're like these pocket people that get together in people's basements and play these games. And I've 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 told people in you know mainstream life in my life like in professionally what I'm doing and I've had great responses and I still get that old stigma like oh okay and then they just kind of like categorize me and then just walk away but I don't know it's um it's such a great game it's it's social it's dynamic uh it's there's improv you can the sum of everybody is greater you know what I'm trying to say it's the sum is greater than the parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can bring whatever to I think to the table, but it's always different than what I expected it to be. And I learn and I grow from playing with like Sarah and Matt and Carmen and anybody else because these experiences, like they're real and they change you. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And we, we, we talk about things socially outside of the game. Like, do you remember when this happened? And it's so fantastic that we're real. We're, we're talking about something that, happened i'm using air quotes here um but it didn't happen but it happened collectively in our minds yeah you know and it's this in my mind i see what it looked like and people are listening and they're like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> and i'm like exactly you gotta check this out <laughs> so it's a really really powerful experience and i think that's why people are catching on to the role-playing game now mm-hmm. um and with the stranger things i think what's happened is the people who were kids playing it in the 80s 70s and 80s 
are now becoming directors, are now becoming like software engineers of these massive corporations. And they have all this influence Mm -hmm. and this money. And they're like, no, this, they are resourcing their childhood. They're like, this is great. You guys have to experience what I've experienced. And they have the outreach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Becoming, so the podcast that you guys are doing right now is, it's starting to become quite popular and you've got about, was it 5,000 regular subscribers? Okay. Actually, 5,000 downloads a month. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We have like, we have like 750 people that like come back and listen to it. I know I'm going to kill myself if I, or like, you know, if I, I'm Sorry. like, I listen to it and I'm like, oh no. That's a good, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be pedantic when the person doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I wish seriously. Like we, we started out, it took us like two months to get our first, I think like thousand downloads mm-hmm. and now we're getting a thousand downloads every like five, five or six days. Mm-hmm. And so that just, I mean, our catalog is bigger too. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think it's just like uh, really just consistency when it comes to that. But I'll like, go on with your question. Oh, Sorry I was just going to say like, has it impacted your life uh, in an interesting way outside of just the podcasting? Like you, you knew you have these fans and you're co- like, they're coming in. Um, they're asking you guys questions and stuff. And like, has how has that sort of impacted your life since it started getting quite big or biggish or becoming yeah. bigger <laughs> um i think for me personally like i edit all the episodes and i've d- been doing it every single week i think i missed one week and i put out like a song instead because yeah. we ran out of episodes and we we're all busy which was pretty well received actually yeah, which people, i thought was funny yeah i had paula undergone um covering skinny love <laughs> like, that, was her, <laughs> that was our like you know take a week off but for me personally um the cons- having to sit down for four or five hours every week and editing an episode has been like one of the probably the most productive thing in my adult like arts you know what i mean like it's so just being able to accomplish that put out in the world without having to like wait and then people giving me feedback like it's amazing i really that's like my favorite part and that's it's really changed like it's made me more productive in other fields too i personally can't wait for this fame to go to my head and then i completely (laughs) spiral out of control and um yeah, Getting derail too, my own go success. Into your, too big for your britches. Yeah, you're hanging out with Ray, Ravi Shankar face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh, I don't know if he and I would get along. <laughs> um, has anything else come up for any of you guys? Yeah, it's been an incredibly positive experience on my life. Um, just to have something that I am genuinely interested in. It's so easy for me to get together with my friends and play Dungeons and Dragons. Like we've had off air games that i have been reduced to tears like <laughs> i've been literally like i couldn't stop crying for an hour once because it was so funny of what happened and i had never had this oh, kind I it was like emotional yeah. like no 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 <laughs> like, I, I was literally in tears i was laughing so hard i was just literally like touched like in my soul and now to <laughs> <laughs> Not in the mind. To, to bring to bring this I think that's one of the reasons the podcast, if it is successful, is that we all genuinely love this game. We love playing and we bring that to the table and people are sensing it. They're picking up on it. And um, but just also coming from my background, like I'm kind of a control freak. I've always wanted to manage like everything, like music, art, this, that, the everything. Like it has to have a look a certain way. Like I can't believe you guys haven't seen Jaws. What's wrong with you? (laughs) You know, kind of thing. And just to be a, like a co-host or just a character and uh, all the stresses of the world kind of channel and funnel into Blarpo and I bring that to the game and it's just really incredible that Matt and Sarah have kind of set the stage for us mm-hmm. as players to just come in and just like work it. So it's been really, really positive for me. 
Matt, you look like you have just something to say. Oh yeah, it's been uh, it's been really interesting to like hear feedback. Like it's it's kind of a detached thing when we're sitting at the table recording and we just play a game, and but then there's all of a sudden people talking about it on a Facebook page or, or tweeting or making Instagram posts or whatever. And like, it's a, uh, it's a surreal kind of experience knowing that there's people like enjoying this, like uh, listening to it and talking about it with each other and stuff. Whereas like for us, it's just like this game that we're playing. There are people who are really enjoying it and people who are like have written us emails and said things like, uh, you know, I'm, I've been inspired to start playing D and D and I've never played a game before. And it's like really cool. That's kind of like we had that inspiration for wanting to play D&D and knowing that we're kind of doing that for people, too, is really, really awesome. And I like I appreciate that a lot. I appreciate all the listeners for, of our show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because like we've had um, people who tell us stories like one person told a story that he had like an e- adventure EXE type campaign. And it was really cool because like that basically means like everything went to shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like went totally off the rails. <laughs> they did all these weird things and like a really, really like good storyline. But the players went insane. And so just hearing those stories about people who are like, yeah, I mean, I don't make characters for like Matt said, for power gaming. They always have some like flaw or hindrance because I think it's more interesting. Mm hmm. And uh, it's funny hearing people's stories about that. They're like, I have a one-armed person and or I have this person who has like depth perception or something like those are interesting things that happen to real people. And I love seeing those kind of qualities in games because then it makes you also more empathetic to the challenges of, you know, what people have to go through. Um, but at the same time, it's in this crazy, harsh, hardcore fantasy world where, you know, you, you make a bad role and you die. So it makes it much more challenging, much more interesting. Just wrapping up here, um, we've been Taylor and Bray with the Stormcrow cast sitting here with the lovely people of Adventure EXE. And yeah, if you want to listen to our show, check it out on iTunes. It is Adventure.exe, just like that old game. Uh, and Google Play, because I listen to it on Google Play. Yeah, I'm, Google Play. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> and we, I listen to it on Podbean. So um, across wherever podcasts are found, we are there. And we are launching a Patreon soon. So check that out. There's a lot of really cool things. We're bringing all of our monsters, our items, and our NPCs into uh basically into the reward so you can include them in your own games so you can have sable rune where ruining your games too just like ours and uh you can follow these guys on facebook twitter and instagram for updates drinking games awesome illustrations and other such shenanigans so it's what, sorry, at, what at, are your handles and tags uh, for your social um, media our our main website is www full stop adventure dash exe.com and from that, you can find everything. Okay, perfect. Thanks for having us, everyone. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much. It was so much fun, guys. Yeah, it was very much. Cool. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, thanks, everybody. I'm really glad we got to use the for the inaugural first time. We got to use the Stormcrow mic. Yeah, yeah, we are so excited. The Stormcrow has given us a fifth mic, so we can have guests, and we are so excited. So we'll have you guys on for sure. Like open invitation if you guys want to play your characters on our show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you asked me, I was like. <laughs> That wasn't my intention, but I'm so fucking so excited right now. Verklempt. I was so verklempt. Okay, that's it. It's a podcast. Bye. Bye. Thanks. You've been listening to the Storm Crowcast. Subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play. Do you have questions, comments, or helpful suggestions? Why not send them to our Facebook page, Twitter, or Instagram by using at Storm Crowcast. If you're in Vancouver... Why not experience us in person by visiting the Stormcrow Tavern on Commercial Drive 
or the Stormcrow Alehouse on West Broadway. We will now relinquish what little control you had of your mind back to you. We'll be back soon 